Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined today by my fellow editor and colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. And our guest is Simon Walsh, the CEO of NTT's Americas business. Uh, NTT Americas is a 5,000 employee company that has uh, combined revenues in North and South America of over $3 billion. Uh, a real IT powerhouse, but uh, it's gone through quite a bit of change in the last few years, and we'll talk about that. So we'll discuss uh, with Mr. Walsh what NTT Americas looks like today as a company and what his vision is for his tenure at the company and what he says the company's focus will be. We will get into all of that and more right after this break. This light reading podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network-as-a-service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to PacketFabric.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with uh, Kelsey Zeiser. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Phil. And uh, our guest today, Kelsey, is uh, Simon Walsh, the uh, new CEO of uh, NTT Americas. Hello, Simon. Hi, Phil. Hi, Kelsey. Good afternoon. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, So you recently joined NTT Americas. What made you decide to join the company and what are you most excited about uh, being part of NTT Americas? I did recently join. This is day seven. So uh, you've caught me (laughs) early in. Um, I have been in the tech industry now for uh, approaching three decades. I'd like to say that quietly, if you don't mind. And uh, you, know, you see, you see these changes in in how you know customers are consuming technology, and I, I think one of the big shifts I'm really starting to see is that, and I think it's been brought about by the cloud, is that uh, most customers are looking for the subscription platform, and that platform has largely been built initially around what I would call, you know, compute. Uh, I think as we begin to adopt technologies like SD-WAN, we're going to increasingly see the platform consume more layers of the stack. And as Mm. a consequence, I look at the IP and the assets that uh, are owned by NTT, and I think about, you know, companies that would be Uh, well-positioned with a good value proposition, able to address the customer's requirement to have a a platform on demand, if you like. And I thought, you know, NTT was extremely well-placed with its assets. Mm -hmm. And strategically, the group has a, a global ambition to accelerate its outside of Japan growth. And as a consequence, has made you know, good investments in acquiring and building capabilities that I genuinely believe give, you know, a competitive advantage to NTT and in particular, you know, and a, a, a set of solutions that solve for the shift in where the customers are moving to. So it's not so much that 
we see customers buying in this manner today. But I think the situation, especially given you know this recent pandemic experience, we have seen many companies move quite extensively to distributed working, to platform need for a secure environment which delivers data both from the data center and to the edge in a secure environment on a uh, highly consumptive basis where there will be differing volumes, different variables according to business process at different times of the day. So that's principally why I joined. Great assets, uh, well placed to serve the future need and uh, a strategic ambition to materially expand the growth of the company outside of the Asia footprint. And I would imagine, as you mentioned, uh, you know, enterprise customers wanting um, secure remote access for their employees as more folks are working from home right now. Uh, I imagine the, um, the need for those services has probably accelerated quite a bit uh, from maybe you know, requesting those things months out to, I need this within a few weeks. Is is that what you're, I know it's just seven days in, but is that what you're starting to see as well? Yes, exactly. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, as I've been meeting the leadership team, you know, they've shared with me some of the heroic efforts of our colleagues over the past months in, you know, really doing uh, unbelievable activities to serve our customers with these uh, very unique times. Uh, you know, some of that's been in the healthcare market segment, some of that's been in the education market segment, some of that's been in, you know, other industries where we've had to move to, you know, remote working. Uh, but as you would well imagine, um, remote-based employees need uh, high degrees of uh, accessibility. And I think what we've seen in this urgent shift to distributed working was, can I get access to my systems? So mm -hmm. everything initially was about access. As the uh, work from home uh, rulings almost from the relative states is prolonged and extended, uh, what you're now seeing is businesses saying, hmm, we can work from home but how do we get hyper productive from home? You know, how do we get our data sets to be distributed? How do we move to much more of a collaborative working environment where the meeting room is now entirely virtual? The whiteboard is spread across, you know, 10 employees screens, etc. So we're seeing a shift from that sudden wave of can I get access? to how do I productively collaborate with distributed colleagues and be as efficient as I was or as enabled with data as I was when I was sitting in a shared office. Right. That makes sense. And I, I also see that uh, obviously video conferencing and we've all had our fun with our backdrops in teams and uh, setting up different, uh, <laughs> you know, humorous uh, I'm on the beach moments but uh, once you've once you've got through that uh, early fun people have started to realize that actually I could probably work from home more 
Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, like, like many C-suite executives, you know, I'm looking at things like, do I need as much real estate? Uh, I know every uh, real estate manager, every CFO, every CF- CEO in, in the country is, you know, questioning, what do I do with my employees? Right. Uh, yeah. but, we're, but, we're, but we have to do that in the context of how do we serve our customers? And so we've seen a few companies um, with a, a negative experience with some of their offshore contact center, um, in particular, be, not because the provider was bad historically, but because the infrastructure for work from home for some of those uh, offshore locations is less dependable. And as a consequence, we're now seeing customers say, I actually want to put my contact center back onshore. I want to integrate that with my, you know, my on my applications, my online services and have much more of an integrated customer experience, which is more of an omni-channel contact center. It can be delivered through chat through mail through im through video and actually i'd like my agents who are serving me uh, to be not the first interaction because i should be able to handle you know some of the initial customer queries through chat and artificial intelligence being applied to the systems but when they do need an agent or they need a video connection they get somebody who's in, you know, another state or the same state, but can reference, you know, how they're also working from home as a contact center agent. And so we're seeing a shift in some of the customers' demand in that environment. It's um, it's interesting because I, I, uh, I like the description of NTT, the new NTT, sort of as a platform company, uh, because you know you were was part of it was thirty one different companies. It was all you know, brought together and integrated, um, as, as one company, do you view, uh, telco and cable service providers? Are they competitors or are they allies? Sort of what's the, um, the strategic view of your, your competition as, as you become this kind of, uh, uh, whole platform company? Yes. I, I think Phil, if I was, based in the Asia region, I would have a different answer to the answer I have for the Americas region. We clearly have you know, our own network capacity. Uh, that network capacity gives us the ability to put flex into some of the service. However, we do need and absolutely do partner with the cable operators. Uh, to be able to make sure that we can have all of the bandwidth requirements across all of the connection points that we're seeking to uh, provide service through. But I also see a growing engagement with the requirement for mobile services. The sheer nature of uh, where we are headed with 5G and also with data being increasingly outside of the data center and the desire by many industries to enable just-in-time location-based decision-making, uh, I envisage a much more connected world where 5G, Wi-Fi, wired, through SD-WAN services 
will create a homogenous experience. And that is a market that nobody's yet mastered because each component of that historically is delivered by a different provider. Right. And I believe that that creates a, an opportunity because I do not think any customer wants to be the service integrator across the disparate providers. And that is a, a market space where uh, my company should be able to provide differentiation and value. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you mentioned um, the role of service integrator and, you know, as NTT has combined 31 companies, what should the company as a whole focus on now? Is it um, uh, that service integration, bringing a more connected world? What, what are some other things um, that the company will be focusing on? Yeah, so our primary focus is how do we take the pain away from the customer in having the multiple network providers, the multiple cloud providers, and the multiple applications. Uh, our proposition enables those networks to seem seamless, those disparate cloud providers or different cloud providers to seem seamless. And then, you know, we have uh, an extensive investment in security services, which enables us to design the cloud platforms, whether that's GCP or AWS or Azure or the customer's own private cloud, which is then inside a hybrid environment. Those clouds will run different business processes. You know, it's very clear that every customer is standardizing on a multi-cloud, running different business applications in different platforms according to the need. I mean, we've seen retailers explicitly pick Google because of the search engine optimization and the market reach that Google provides with its ads and ad data. We've seen other customers explicitly pick Microsoft because of the corporate information systems, the accessibility of things like .NET and Active Directory services. So every customer is embracing a hybrid cloud that needs a management experience. And as you'll probably know, all of these cloud providers have their own operating methods, which makes it a yeah. little more complicated. And then each of those clouds connects to network capacity. And in the past, it was always the customer's responsibility and risk to pick how much capacity they would ever need to facilitate their demand. I mean, we've just all proven through this COVID-19 rush to work from home that the network is unfortunately the least flexible in the facilitated environment of cloud because of the, the restrictions by which, you know, legacy networks have been provisioned. So there is this acceleration to a software defined network environment, which provides that flexibility to scale up and scale down the capacity according to the application and the demand that's being provisioned. So our opportunity is in providing that service experience across the hybrid cloud 
sitting on top of a heterogeneous network experience which would incorporate physical wired wireless and you know increasingly mobile 5g type services excellent um we're coming up uh on the end of the podcast timing wise but i've got time for one more question this is the uh since you're the this is a this is a good ceo question (laughs) um your what's your vision for ntt in the americas and if we're looking ahead a year from now and tracking the company what should we be noticing happening uh, either inside the company or in the marketplace in general yes my vision is that we become an integral part of our customers it organization such that we give them speed and agility in the way in which they can leverage the platform to serve the dynamics of the business markets that they are serving and therefore as you watch our company over the next you know 12 months two years three years you'll hopefully uh, if we're doing our jobs properly see us uh, announcing customer partnerships where the client has been able to solve for their business problem as a consequence of the platform that we have enabled through the NTT capabilities. And I think the thing that we're most capable of delivering is the the network-enabled cloud with this security services for data, wherever the data may be, whether it's data at rest or data in transit. And when you look at our $3 billion of R&D that we spend globally. It is some of the new technologies that we're investing in today, which will become public domain technologies in one year, two years from now. Those will be technologies that our customers have been able to change their business model utilizing those technologies. So I see us being a much more integral part of our clients' strategic execution of their business. That makes a lot of sense. Well, we're coming up on time. So wanted to thank you, Simon, so much for joining us on the podcast. And we look forward to catching up with you later on and and hearing more about your work with uh, NTT Americas. Thank you, Kelsey. Great to talk with you. Phil, good to connect with you. Please stay safe for you and your families. Thanks very much. You do the same. That is it. That's our show. Thanks so much to Kelsey Zeiser for being along as co-host. I do appreciate it. Special thanks to our guest today, Mr. Simon Walsh, CEO of NTT Americas. Thanks to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good even when we don't. And thanks to you, dear listener, for listening to our podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Google, Apple, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can get the show notes and all the telecom news you could possibly need at lightreading.com. This Light Reading Podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network-as-a-service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, Go to packetfabric.com.